Hey guys, I'm Rick, and that is One Big Pile of Bricks with our amazing guest, Brickman. Welcome. Thank you, Caroline. Thank you, Rick. Anytime. How are you? How's things? Uh, awesome. Uh, Aggie did not be awesome because you're surrounded by Lego. Well, that's, that's the right, right answer, right? That's and the, you're right here that's, with that's, us. That's, yeah. I don't know. Oh, with Caroline, not necessarily Rick. Oh. Like, yeah, well. Because yeah. we've known each other, obviously, for a long time. Not many people believe that we know the mysterious brick man because they're like, oh, you don't know him because he's famous. Well, I knew you before you were cool. So I was cool because I knew you. Mm-hmm. No, it didn't work that way. It was definitely the other way. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell us. Well, I'll, I'll sort of start you off. We kind of did get introduced to each other through Woody. We did, yeah. So, uh, and I, I even have physical scars, thanks to thanks to me. <laughs> so, uh, is it was it your first store model? Was no. It? So, uh, we purchased Woody before we had a store. It was like I was like, oh, like I can buy it pre-store. Yeah. So okay. this is when we first met. It was like twelve years, years ago. ago. This is the dangers of the internet. Rick saw this. Is he six feet tall? Yeah. The Woody statue from Toy Story, and Rick went said to me, oh, "I want to buy that." I said, what are you going to do with that? And like, oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, we can just have it in our house. It'll be fine. <laughs> so that's what ended up happening. But anyway, before all that happened, we were waiting for this Woody statue to come from Belgium. Belgium. I think it was Belgium. I think. And it sort of were checking it on the radar, radar. There it was, on, it was on the ship and then it disappeared for about two months. And we were very worried that something had happened to it. But anyway, one day, I think you were trying to figure out what had happened to it. Yeah, so we get this email and it says damage. You'd know more because you ship a lot of Lego statues all around the world. So you understand these terms more than I do. Damage on skid. And I was like, I don't understand. What, what, what's a skid? Like, yeah. and now we know. But back then I was like, oh. And like we get up to the, like Caroline's parents and I, we get it to like, the docks and they're like, oh yeah, and you know, typical like forklift, there's like beep beep that beep 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 and like this is why it's damaged, like pulls it out and I'm just see these boxes like It was it was inside a wooden um a big wooden box and there were two huge holes from what you told me. And like the forklift must have went like Yeah, you know And you were just oh my goodness and my dad saying, No no, it'll be alright. It'll be alright. So anyway, what happened then? Oh then I was like we met one or two times through Brickvention, obviously, you know. Melbourne's Lego event, a major Lego event anyway, like we met through there and I was like, oh, I think he can fix it. And I know we did like some emails and back then the world was a lot smaller and you're like, yeah, it's fine. I'll come it in. And then, you know, we brought it to the house and you're like, yeah, can you get me these? I think it's the orange ones, the dark orange in his hat. You're like, can you get these? Cause I can't get these parts. I was like, I'll try. And then you mm. end up fixing them. But in the process. What you... happened? <laughs> yeah. What happened? Well, so, so a couple of things. We'll go back to the color first. So the, the hat of Woody, <clears throat> the dark orange, yeah, yeah. at the time was super rare. Like it only, it didn't, I don't think it even came in some sets. I think they were like Lego Educational. That color was like really. Like, yeah. I remember out. when it came out, it was like the biggest deal, you know. like Yeah, it was like color. a big thing. And so uh, Woody's hat was made out of that color. So it was really hard to get that. And I could only get like one by two bricks or one by fours. I couldn't even get like a two by four. Oh, wow. In those colors. So it was really strange. So I think I had to call in some favors or something to get the original, you know, that, that colored bricks yeah, for yeah. the hats. So I think he kind of, I wouldn't say he sat around for a while, but he kind of hung around a bit like what he does for years. He hung around for a few weeks. And anyway, I finally got to doing the hat and I was, you know, chipping away because the forklift had pretty much, not only does it break bricks and physically yeah. damage bricks, but... Even on the corners of bricks, it'll round off the corners. Yeah. And so they're really noticeable. The way light hits Lego bricks and it reflects and stuff. So I actually had to pull a lot out. So hammer and chisel a whole heap out. 
And because of the shape of the hat, I had to get into all sorts of crazy angles and that kind of stuff. Anyway, I was under the, you know, I hopped up really quick and I banged the corner of my head oh. under the under his hat, and I got a couple of stitches. So uh, it so, was quite memorable for you. Very memorable, it certainly was. So yeah. I always look back at that Woody statue fondly, in <laughs> in a loving way. Um, yeah, and it so drew blood. Wow. But you put a card in there as well, right? You still put cards in your models? Do you still do that? Yeah, most of the time we do where we put when we worked on it or, you know, when it was days and dates and all of that kind of stuff. It's pretty so, cool. Yeah. Like it's a bit of a, if, if something ever happens to it, as yeah. a bit of a, you know, we can kind of see where it comes from. We've had a few like, because we've obviously moved stores multiple times and, you know, more than anybody, moving models, they like to move no matter how much glue and stuff. And I was like, we moved him in here. It was Carolyn and I peak lockdown on its oh. side by ourselves trying to get him in. Well, let's explain yeah. to everyone how you actually move a Woody statue. Oh, it's yeah. Easy. There's like a, you know, there's like a plug in the middle. Uh -huh. Big metal rod goes in. And it's really awkward. It's like the most awkward Lego statue. you got to like carry him you sort of like. one person at the front holding this metal pole and one person at the back. And I'll be trying to lift it up because this model yeah. is so heavy. I can't yeah. actually hold the pole to lift. I have to sort of have this heavy thick jumper on and then sort of lift it up like this and I might get it this high off of the ground and then that's it. We have to go a couple of metres and then I'm like, no, let's stop. But, yeah, it's quite a process Well, to he move. has a few, like, you know, the certain Lego colours after time, not, not so great. Like, so it was, like, changing his plug and I pulled the plug out and it, like, shattered. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh. So I'm, like, trying to glue the parts, make it look, like, semi-normal so the light doesn't catch it. Because people, like... It's got a thing, and you're just like, I know, I can't do anything. It's yeah. reddish brown. It does that sometimes, like. But you know, thankfully, we've still got him. Twelve years on, and he's in it. He's in a cabinet now because we've got to protect it. Because if we want to clone you, well, it's now it's kind of like the real Woody from Toy Story, how he becomes a collector's item. Oh right? yeah, you know yeah. that yeah. you've got to put him away and look after him, and and yeah, he's pretty. Have, cool. have you written? Have you written Rick on the bottom of his shoe? Or you... <laughs> no, it's got Andy there, yeah, so. Yeah. It's got the original Andy. I think the new one has, I think the new Woody, there's a new statue floating yes. around, yeah. has Bonnie, I think, yeah, is the new girl. Right. Yeah. yeah. They've changed them a few bit. You know, like the designers obviously have to change the stance or whatever what Disney wants. Mm. And Lego Bricks now, there's so many different types. You can change the shape of a model, make it look more, less blocky, more like round, like mm. the eggs you created. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. It's funny that the, that statue, that particular Woody, at that point in time in my career, I was doing a lot of repairs. As a, I won't call it a traineeship, but like yeah. an apprenticeship, that's one of the sorts of things you do. And what I did get to learn was I could pretty much tell, sometimes I could tell the person who designed that model wow. by, by the way it's designed or the internal structure that's happening in it, or, or if not definitely 100% what country it was designed in. Because the way that's that the, the US model shop would design a model is very different to the Danish model shop versus the Czech Republic. So on the inside of a Lego model, as I say, sometimes I can tell the designer, but other times you can tell exactly which country that's come from based on certain techniques that they use or don't use. It's a bit like a Lego set. You know, you can tell a Jamie Barad Lego set yeah. when you're building it versus, uh, you know, somebody else. Well, so kind of Maybe you can. <laughs> oh, you can I sort of tell, I think, the techniques too. And I think, and Eric, I'm assuming it was Eric. Eric, I think it's the one who designed it. He's still with Lego. He's an amazing builder with Lego USA. You see most of his work at most Comic-Cons now, if they still, you know, when they're still on, they're still around. And I was emailing him recently. I'm like, do you still have like the original file? Because they have like a file that says, don't handle him this way. This is how you clean him. And he was like, why are you asking that for? I'm like, I'm just interested to see how much has changed from a new a new Lego statue to an old one. Because obviously the parts and the colors, so much has changed over the last 12 years, especially with Lego mm. being how big it is. Yeah. It's just interesting to me. And like, obviously in the last 12 years since we've known each other, we both have had, 
been relatively huge successful. Cha- and you've had huge changes. I mean, think of the workshop that you were working in 12 years ago, although it was, I mean, it was lovely, but it, you, it was your garage. My garage it? at home. Yeah, like all good things, like um, Bill Gates started in his garage, so we did the same <laughs> thing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, started at home. Well, I, even, you know, the dining room table is probably the, that's the inception for most good Lego models. Yeah. And so it really was inside and then the garage. and then You've got to get like, you start off small like everyone, but that was an amazing workshop. It really well, well, was. Well, you don't, you can never plan at the start as to what your thing's going to become. So you, you, you drag yourself along. So mm. you start off yeah. by working on the kitchen table or whatever it is, and then you need more space to go to the dining room table. Then all of a sudden you need a, a workshop or a shed or a garage, and you kind of drag yourself along. And that happens as you grow or, or your business mm. develops. I mean, it wasn't just a garage. You had this very expensive ventilation system, and you had all your all, all your parts were beautifully organized in these yep. white containers along along the walls and uh, and you had pallets full of Lego out the front in the driveway because yep. it simply wasn't That room. was the lighting dock. Yep, yeah. was the driveway. <laughs> it was an amazing thing. I remember, you know, I was fortunate enough where there was a period of time, it was the 50th anniversary of Lego and I was fortunate enough you put a call out and you said, hey, do you want to come give us a hand? And we were building those mosaics for the 50th year of Lego. That was pretty cool. I enjoyed that. Um, one of the guys we were building with was colorblind at the time. Yeah, that was very funny. <laughs> no one knew. So funny, he, did, yeah. he loved Lego so much, but he just didn't have the heart to tell anyone that he was colorblind. Because so we were like, what was What's the, I don't know what it was. I think it was the Skipping Girl one. There's a few good ones that you designed. And we were like, what's going on here? It's, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm colorblind. We're like, wait. Why didn't you tell us that? <laughs> but once we knew that, it was easy. And it's easy because then yeah. you could guide him, right? You can go, like, yeah. this is black and this is white. Do those. Yeah. like. But when it was like, oh. Yeah. And we're like, it's multi It looked cool still, but, you know, like things have changed, obviously. You know, like colorblind is, it's easy to help those guys as soon as they're open with you. But he would, it just didn't tell us. No, <laughs> it was very funny. <laughs> it was funny yeah. so, so with us, like the years we've known each other, you know, what's one of the most favorite models you've built us? Look, it's funny. When we first started, and it wasn't, it definitely wasn't here in your amazing new building, yeah, yeah. but it was, it was probably the old store, and it was about, it was lots of little things, and it came about whereby, say friends came about, yeah, and it was about making the animals or these. It'd be whenever something cool from Lego, you know, from Denmark yeah, yeah. would come out, and it's about like, oh yeah, how do we get that in the store or whatever the case happens to be. And so there's probably those things where we've done a little cat or yeah, we've actually or, got you can't see them here. But there's a cat still here. We've still got him upstairs, so they're just here. We got a little white pussy cat, and we used to have our own cat called Millie. And one day we got home from the shop, and we had the little white pussy cat model at home. And it was no longer where we had put it. It was on the floor, and quite a few pieces had come off of it. And we suspect <laughs> our pussy cat had very gently, over a period Maybe of time, pushed it and pushed it, or rubbed up against it, yeah. and the model had fallen onto the floor. And I think we went back to you at that point and got you to got glue a, it back again. We've had a few models that you know, like the truck that we have downstairs in the cabinet. I remember picking it up. I'm all excited. We got this new truck. I'm like, this is awesome. No. It's got letters. We're moving it in the store, and I'm always like to all the staff. And back then, we only had one staff member. I'm like, don't touch him. It's new. If you break it, I'm going to be annoyed because it's brand new. The first thing Caroline does, bang, knocks the exhaust pipe. <laughs> it was a tiny little piece. Tiny. He's like, don't break it. I'm like, it's just I'm like, the good news, it's like, oh, you can rebuild. That's right? exactly so right. That's and I'm just like, like but news. sometimes you knock them, and you're like, where? Like the Triceratops, we've knocked once, and we're like, 
I don't know where well, this goes. Was, there was a good reason that we accidentally knocked it. It was the tail that comes out slightly out there by about an inch or so um, beyond the base. So you're looking at the base, but you don't realise as you're passing it that the tail comes out ever so slightly. But it's cool. Like it's very cool. I remember when we oh. collected him. I was what like, happened, her? Her. <laughs> Oh, what sorry. Happened? Her. It's her. And it's her name is Stomp because, you know, Sarah's kid's name. So you went with Brett. Right. We went with Brett, and I remember you're like, we were negotiating or whatever, and like, that's what you do when you order Lego statues, you know, you, you contact Lego Australia, there's a massive process, then Ryan has to get approval, but anyway, we got approval, and I was like, you're like, oh, it's a small one. It's I was a like, baby oh, cool. one. It's a baby one. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, you know, you're like, it's a baby one. Mind you, yeah. at this point, for the weeks and weeks that had preceded that, I did say to Rick, so how big is this? And he said, oh, it's a baby, baby Triceratops. I said, Okay. But that was the story the whole way through. Oh, it's a baby. Then once he gets back, the first thing he said to me as he gets out of the truck, he says, um, you need to have a look at it. Because well, you know, like, wrong? He goes, just it's have a baby, look but at it. It's still just dinosaur. look at yeah. the size of it. And I went, I looked at it. I said, we're not going to fit that in. You have to take it back. And he's gone, oh, no, 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 we can't take it back. We're keeping it. Because originally the plan was to have it. To bring, bring her upstairs. Up we're like, oh, we'll right. get her upstairs and like. Put it, it in the podcast, the you know, like, okay. yeah, and like, it's not getting up. That seat. No, 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 good no. luck with that. That corner <laughs> around the seat. Oh, no, we were like, um, like, do we no. crane it? In? Like, there was, how? There was yeah. a couple of minutes at one point you did contemplate it, and I was like, saying no. You so, could probably do it if you took her off the base, I reckon. Yeah, that's true. If you took her off the base, because I think the base is the bulk of the heaviness. Yeah, mm. like it's a metal base, it'd obviously. Be, it'd be tricky. Yeah, it would be. Warranty doesn't cover staircases, no, by the way. Well, that reminds me. I've got to contact you later because I need always need more glue because I'm always like bump, bumping stuff and knocking stuff off. Yes. Because you know I'm king of clumsy. But I mean, now we have instead of the, having the baby, the baby triceratops. That is a baby one. We do have all the little the eggs newborns. Here. Yeah, they're pretty cool. We appreciate you building stuff for us, like always. We've had multiple conversations recently when we're moving the store around, trying to make it big. And Carolyn's like, "Do we need any more statues?" I was like. We don't, but it would be cool to have a Triceratops, like another one. And she's like, no. I was like, oh, or a T-Rex hanging off the wall or something. Well, we've had to be very careful with even these little eggs because you don't realise just how sharp they are. And a few weeks ago, Dan, our cameraman, was reaching under the you know, centre one. Like, don't touch him. Like... Don't touch it, Dan. <laughs> don't touch it. Leave it alone. And he ended up getting scratched from the claws. Yeah, right. Yeah, she's, uh, she's a trick. And the worst Lego injury I've ever heard of is I must have a, a guy, Chris Steiniger. Oh, yeah. Uh, you've probably met yeah. Chris in a few places. So he was working a Lego model in at the Lego uh, headquarters in the US. And uh, he basically, his, kind of his foot went past the Lego model, like, and it sliced the whole side of his foot open. Horrendous. Yeah, like through the, through the shoe that he had on. <gasps> and it basically, yeah. And he had like 17 stitches or something on the, on the side of his foot. Wow. That's, that's the worst one I've ever heard. Of. I think we've both we had this well, at one point we did have a, a rock monster which we no longer have, but this particular one grazed my leg. I had shorts on and I brushed past it in one of our stores. There wasn't terribly much room and I ended up getting scarred and I think I oh, didn't get scarred but it bled and bled. I think you ended up with some scars. Yeah, at one unfortunately, point. you know, me being king of the clumsy, it's always I'm always falling on something or on a statue. That's why most of them are protected. It's not from the general public. It's from it's me true. like right. yeah, me falling onto it and like giving myself some weird injury because, you know, I'm awkward <laughs> as that's pretty funny. It's you know, it's one of the would you say dangers of the being around me, Caroline? I'm falling over all Accident the time. Well, Lego, Lego in the US, they have um, obviously a pretty big work site with a few thousand employees. Yeah, yeah. So they have like basketball courts and squash courts and all that kind of stuff. And uh, one of their 
big, better model builders playing basketball, like totally mangled his leg and stuff like that. So I've seen a few Lego injuries. <laughs> well, that's not a Lego injury per se, but mm-hmm. at Lego injury. Because a lot of people don't realize the Lego US ho- like office is an old factory as well because they used to produce Lego Correct. there. Yeah, mm-hmm. now obviously Mexico, but it's. Mm. I was lucky enough to go one year and I was like, this place is like huge. Like, well, ironically, infield, yeah, yeah. Infield, infield, yes. And literally a mile away is Hasbro's headquarters. Really? Yeah, next. So there's a really funny story. So Lego have their big thing in Enfield. And the reason that, the predominant reason that they went to Enfield was back in the 60s and 70s, there was Connecticut, the state that that's in, yeah. had a big like um, government incentive to set up, you know, businesses get set up in those states and, you know, they get a rebate or tax incentives. So there was Lego set up their um, facility. There is a, a, a medium security federal prison. And then there's Hasbro. I was there one day yep. when it went into lockdown. Oh, because yeah. of the prison? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It was the one time I was visiting an old employee who unfortunately is no longer with the company, Kevin. I went over and, you know, Kevin and Tim Courtney, I was just, you know, having lunch. And they're like, oh, we need to... I'm like, why? He's like, oh, someone's, you know, out of the prison. I'm like, wait, what's happening now? Yeah. So, like, the whole facility goes into lockdown. They're like, you got to stay. Yeah, I think so I left just, later. So, you know. So, just on the other side of the prison is Hasbro's big headquarters. So, yeah, crazy. Wow, that's pretty crazy, isn't it? And we'd like, obviously, the changes of Lego and how, you know, we're fortunate enough because of people like you. Lego Masters has been such a big deal for not only our business, but Mm. for Lego. Like, Lego Masters Australia is probably the best run of the show. It's the one that's left some sort of mark on the map. And, you know, Mm -hmm. a big thing for us is to say thanks because, like, without people like you and Hamish making the show what it is, we wouldn't be as successful as we are today. Well, it's, I mean, that's the contestants. The contestants are the ones that show the talent. They're the ones mm-hmm. that actually perform. We're kind of the ringleaders of mm-hmm. the circus, if you like, for lack of a <laughs> yes, better term. Yes. But but they're the ones that really, the, to do it all. And what they do is they show off the creativity. They're the ones that, you know, we put through their paces and really test them and stuff like that. So I think your thank yous are probably mm-hmm. aimed elsewhere. We're facilitators. You know, it's one, like. I think yeah, it's one of those true. things, you know, like I think... Lego's grown so much over these. Obviously, all of us have seen so many, seen changes. So many changes, especially because of the Lego movie, the original one. That's done wonders for the brand and not only our business and most likely your business as well because there's a lot more Lego stores now. People like me who has a buying addiction of buying Lego statues. Like, no. No. <laughs> Well, it's, it's funny, isn't it? I mean, the, you could probably do a, a whole podcast topic on... I'll call them veteran AFOLs or people that have, you know, adult yeah. fans of Lego that have been around a while, pre-Lego movie type stuff. Yeah. And I, I won't say Lego w- wasn't cool then. I, I think that's probably too strong. But Lego definitely wasn't as cool as what it is now and wasn't as popular as what it is now. Mm. And kind of that how that has changed significantly yep. and the amount of AFOLs has, has changed. Yeah, and also, And also, the, I won't say the acceptance of AFOLs, but certainly like when I first started being an AFOL, like, uh, if I was caught in the toy aisle, I'd be like, oh, this is for mm-hmm. an imaginary or, you know, cousin or something. Collecting <laughs> minifigs back in the day, you know, you know series or, one where we're like, or yeah. minifigs. So, so I think I think that's changed a lot. That's and good. things like Lego Masters and the Lego Movie, are yeah. certainly are that they're responsible for that, mm. for, for taking it mainstream, for lack of a better term. I remember the days of us, there used to be, there's a Melbourne Lego youth group, they call themselves Mugs, and we were members originally, we met through there. And back then we used to meet in Gumnut House. Do you remember that little office we all used to meet <laughs> 
up yeah, yeah. back in the day with, I wouldn't say original people, but, you know, the people who were around at the start. Like, yep. it just always fascinates me how many people that I didn't know that like Lego that now, mm. because of everything that's gone on in the last couple of years of the world, has sort of brought out a lot more creativity and looking for something, you know, like everyone is awesome, looking for something that brings them into the brand. Like, mm. it blows me away how incredibly lucky we are now because when we first started, we never thought, you know, 12 years in that we're still doing it. Like, I was like, oh, if it works out, awesome. If it doesn't, yeah. like, you know, what do you do? You know, that's, that's right. business, right? But with the big influx of the A-Falls and Lego Masters, how have you found being, you know, effectively the number one judge in Australia on the number one, it's the number one show effectively, it produces big numbers, like... Yeah, look, it's interesting. And it's funny, I, I got asked a question the other day of how come our show only has, our version of Lego Masters only has one judge, Mm-hmm. versus other versions of Lego Masters that have multiple yeah. judges. And there's a few reasons for it. I think predominantly the reason that it works, well, I think it works anyway, and maybe I'm a little bit biased because it's related to the show, yeah. but uh, we only have so much airtime. We only have yeah. 48 mm-hmm. minutes. or And Lego Masters Australia, we are serial run-over timers. Mm-hmm. We are yes. terrible. Sorry <laughs> about that to that. all the kids and everyone, but we always yeah. run over time. And so for me to give effective counsel and criticism and judging and positivity and all of those things, if you add another judge to that, mm. that time is taken out of that almost immediately out of what I would have to say. And and you wouldn't get the full feedback or you wouldn't get the full feel for it. And mm. so so we found at least particularly, and Fenella from Denmark who came out for the first series. Fenella's an actually really nice person. She's, ama- she's times, amazing, yeah. incredible Lego builder yeah, and a yeah. very talented woman and a lovely person as well. But we even struggled with that just, just wow. in an episode. And so then the decision almost became a technical reason as to why. Mm-hmm. And then having the privilege of watching the other overseas shows, I can, I, I, I'm really in tune with watching that battle where I know they've got more to say and I know yeah. they've got a lot more to give and I know that what they're saying is wrong, but I'm not seeing all of that and that's one of the reasons as to why. Yeah, but I don't think, I think too, the reason ours is so successful is that when it first exploded, you know, Matthew Ashton, who's obviously the creator of Lego Minifigures, or the line, I should say, and worked on everyone, he's awesome. He was in the UK show and that was the first one and I don't think that was as popular because I feel like they didn't have that aspect of someone who has, has to build big displays for a living because that's your job. And it's very hard to build a display that's going to entertain people and keep it in the brief. Like, it's a big deal, right? Well, what I would say is, and it's interesting, I get asked a lot, have I ever designed a Lego set? And the answer is no, I haven't. I mean, some little tiny little things, sure, but nothing, because it's a different art. Mm. It's a different skill. It's, It's a very different type of project. Having to put yourself in the mind of a child for a Lego set, having to design a Lego set with all the constraints that they have, it is a it is a significant art form and takes years and years of training to master and to do. And so, uh, having someone that perhaps that is their focus, yeah, does that necessarily equate to what if you're making a huge diorama? Well, yeah, that's correct. So, so there's there's. Insane. I mean, the obvious, the physical Lego skills, of course yeah. they are, and they're, you know, all of those. There's a lot of translatable skills out of the two, but they're very different to each other. Mm. And so when having Fenella on board was great because she understood it from that perspective. Yeah, yeah. And I'm working at it from a very different perspective. Well, I think too, you know, like as we've seen with the US season of, I haven't finished series two, I know it's a bad <laughs> thing. Like it's hard for me to like retain my attention. But you can see that the battle between Jamie and Amy trying to get their both their inputs without coming across, it's really hard for the viewers at home to understand that 
you can come across as arrogant without being arrogant because you're giving them general feedback. But when you're not in the moment and you, you can't see people close to close, you don't understand the feeling in the moment of the time. And you can sort of notice that on Lego Masters US, it's really hard for them to balance Jamie and Amy together. Because mm. one, they're both strong personalities, obviously, because they're head, head Lego designers. But it always fascinates me that the US still has time to have two and they're trying to keep the two model, which mm. is great because they're both great people. But I feel like our season is perfect because... You know, like you've said before, the teams are like the stars of the show. I feel like if there was two judges, you'd both you'd be taking up half the episode, and then it makes it kind of well. Hard. I'd I'd challenge that even and to take it a bit further, and probably the greatest feedback that we get from people that watch Lego Masters just show more of the builds and more of the contestants. Oh wow! Mm. And and so that's the that's the key number one. And then there's obviously the hosts. So yeah. so Hamish and and Will Arnett, for example, sake. And so they're, they're airtime as well because they're mm. funny people. And, they're, yeah. you know, so there's not only that, then there's the feedback, there's the judging process, there's the reactions, there's the drama points. There's mm. a lot that has to happen in that, in that time period. And so when you've got someone as dominant as, say, Will, yep. Will mm. Arnett, for example, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he's even taking up time from the contestants and the teams. And the US version, they're not allowed to run one second over. Wow. So, so, wow. so they, they've got some real time crunch. I'd hate to be an editor That's on that That's why show. they're so fast. Oh, and then we're going to do this, and then we're cutting to this. And then it's, 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 it's really bang, bang, bang. And, you know, as someone that perhaps, uh, you know, understands the Lego yeah. Masters world a little bit, I would honestly love to see a full feedback because I know Jamie and Amy are brilliant people. Yeah. And mm. I know they're lovely people, and I know they're nice, and I know they're compassionate about what they're saying we don't get the opportunity sometimes to see that. Not all the time anyway. Yeah. We get glimpses of it and we mm. get hints of it here and there. But I, I know it's there, but it doesn't come across sometimes because of they've had to. Mm. Well, and it's a big thing, US, obviously, US time slots. It's money, right? It's all about money and ad revenue and time and trying to sort of scale it down. But it's still performing well. And obviously, Australia performs exceptionally well because, you know, Hamish is a funny guy. Hamish is actually a nice guy. That's the number one question we get always asked. He's like, is Hamish nice? I'm like... <laughs> He orders Lego from us. He's like, wait. I'm like, yeah, he does. He's a nice dude. He's not yeah. just putting it on. He has a very funny message at the end of his, his email. email. It was yeah, something he must like, burn, yeah. Burn <laughs> Every time I get an email from him, yeah. I'm just like, it was something like, yeah. If you get, you'd perhaps remember it more than me, but yeah, if you've received this email in error, please burn, destroy. It's quite funny. Like, and <laughs> yeah. he's a nice guy. Like we're, wow. you know, he obviously he's in Sydney now. And, you know, when you're emailing and stuff, and it's kind of hard not to be weird when he's like the host of a show. That kind of makes you money. So you well, try to be just, like yeah. that line of like, hey, man, do you need me to do this? Like you try not to overstep well, the boundary. he just ordered like everyone else just ordered, put his order in. And we looked at the address and we thought, oh, that, okay, so that's a little bit odd. How many Hamish Blakes would there be in yeah, Melbourne? Yeah, it was a really and we weird went, thing. Oh. And then it was a home address. And we went, oh, So I like strange. emailed him like, are you sure you want me to send it to your house? Because everywhere you take, you know, posts is like, oh, or Hamish Blake. And you're like, yeah, don't. Like just... Just send it. Like, you know, so with, obviously, you've helped Hamish a few times with, like, food challenges for his son and creating weird things for birthday cakes and all sort of crazy contraptions. How have you found your friendship grown over the show? Did you expect it to be a friendship or...? Well, it's funny. When Lego Masters first came out and the concept was, I'd been working a lot with the producers of the show, very much from a technical perspective. How is this going to work? What does it look like? How does the show, you know, all of those kind of things. And the the concept of the host or the person that's running the show, because we're basically taking Lego Masters UK, 
but changing it entirely. Yeah. Mm. It, it, the, the similarity is there are teams and it's Lego. That's pretty much as far as it goes. And so the concept of having, okay, there's going to be a host for the show. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, sure. Who, who Who's the host? That's like the number one question. Like, well, what we want to do is obviously we need to make sure there's some gel between you. You know, yeah. you obviously need to be able to get along. Yeah, of well course. Yeah, so that's, yeah. that's really important. So let's have lunch. Wow. And so um, we went to lunch um, and I didn't know who who it was. Wow. It was going to be part of our thing yeah, that yeah. We, didn't, we didn't know. That's fair. Hamish obviously knew about me mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, oh, there's a guy that knows Lego, but that was about all he knew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so we had we just had lunch and we're into lots of things similar to what we do. Yeah. And so for us, it was easy. It was, uh, you know, we obviously didn't start off as mates. You start mm-hmm. off as co-workers and, yeah. mm-hmm. and it kind of evolves and evolves and evolves. But eventually that became more and more and more and more and more. And so the similarities that we have uh, are transcended across, you know, sports are very similar. Yeah. Well, there's lots of things that we... Because he's a big AFL supporter like you are. Yeah, mm-hmm. and cricket and, you know, and, and fitness and cycling and all the things that we kind of... So we have a lot together. And, I mean, his kids are a little bit younger than what our kids are. Yeah. But there's still that whole similarity and, and feeling between the two. So very lucky that we have that chemistry well, together. Well, you guys, mm-hmm. as any like anyone who watches the show would know, and we've been fortunate enough, we went to a finale taping. The chemistry is not fake. I think people try to think that like, oh, they don't really know each other, but we can say that, you know, we've seen you guys interact. And, you know, at one finale season two, I think it was, Caroline, we met mm-hmm. Hamish yes, for the first time right. actually in flesh. And he was like a nice guy. I was Lovely. like, oh, he's like, hey, Rick. I was like, oh, hey, man. Like, I you don't was, expect you know, that, you know, like. Yeah. Everyone wanted to speak to him. And so it was like, yep, yeah, hey, how you going? But, we, you know, he still acknowledged that we were there. It was great. It was really, really nice. He's a very genuine man. Yeah, he's actually really nice. I think that's what people need to understand that what you see on TV is generally you and him. Like the emotion behind you, everything is like real. Because people go, oh, does Brickman cry on cue? Like he's not crying now, so obviously it doesn't work. I've seen your prices, Rick. (laughs) (laughs) Me and you know that's a lie. (laughs) (laughs) I want me and you know. I'm joking. joking. Uh Um, Yeah, I mean, and you know, it's funny having someone supportive like Hamish and he's very genuine. And here's the thing. The guy's a television guru, right? He, he's he's been, massive in television circuits. He's, he's been around. He knows. He, he understands all that stuff. I don't know any of that. Yeah. Mm. And what he said to me was, and and he goes, mate, I don't have a clue about Lego. I have built some Lego. Yeah. Anything to do with the Lego, you, you teach me. Yes. And likewise, the television side of things. This is mm. how TV works. This is how all of this rolls. And so he acted as my teacher there and vice versa. So that kind of... I won't say put us both at a disadvantage, but it, it, it kind of leveled the playing field mm, from a certain degree. And even I, I remember before filming of Lego Master started, we were in the studio doing rehearsals yeah. for a day. And I'm like, this is just bizarre. And he just said <laughs> us a few things, you know, just like, no, don't worry about that. This is going to, this will go in a cinch. This will easy, easy, easy. Because we're, we're an unscripted show. We, yeah. don't, we don't do scripts. Wow, that's amazing. So so he's like, don't worry about it. This is how it'll flow. This is how it'll work. And if it doesn't work, we'll do it again. And this is, you know. And so as a tutor, as mm-hmm, someone yeah. to help me with that process, it, it just disarmed a situation. And then likewise, when I had, you know, he says to me, Ryan, tell me about this Lego. And, I, and you know, I would get into my thing about what Lego can do and mm-hmm. how yeah. particular elements do what or whatever. He was the same as what I was. So it, it, it really just flowed. Yeah. So going on the show, going from the AFOL standpoint, obviously, like, 
I know it's hard, but in AFL community, you're a big deal, right? Because you are the brick man. You're the guy that's like... Has made it. Has made it in the Lego community. Like You're the one who has taken your passion and you've made it into a profession. Like a massive profession, right? Hmm. So how does it feel stepping into Lego Masters, not really doing interviews? Because back then it wasn't a thing, us being like, you know, even now I get approached, do you want to talk about this thing? I'm like, oh, okay, it's kind of weird. But how did you find it, like going from the building statues to being bang this media personality effectively overnight look there's 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 a couple of parts to your question the first bit is so as an afol and us afols that have been around for a while look we've known how awesome lego is right obviously that's why we're afol so we've publicly admitted to the world <laughs> that we're into lego <laughs> yeah that's right and, and that's why we were afols and, yeah. and that was a thing and obviously, Lego Movie, Lego Masters or whatever has now opened that up that it's now okay for everybody else who mm, has had a pass the closet. Lego. <laughs> That's right. It's okay, you want to okay. and it, and And it's safe. So as an AFOL from in that previous bucket, if you yeah. like, that was, that was into it then, what that then does is uh, kind of transcends that we've had years of experience of this thing being an AFOL. Yeah. And so it makes it easy to talk about because we know all of the things about Lego and what mm-hmm. it can do and how it can work. So it actually made the transition to doing it professionally relatively easy mm-hmm. because we've been doing it for so long. Mm. And that's no different to just because I'm doing that publicly. All AFOLs who have been into it for a period of time have gotten more comfortable with the Lego bricks. They know yeah. what it can do. They know what it can't do. Their models have changed. They get bigger. They get better, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. So it, it's, I won't say it's a natural extension, yeah. but it's an extension. I think you're doing Shep's really well for like, because, you know, we all obviously known each other for a long time. And when they were announcing Lego Masters, we were all like, how do you make a show about Lego? Because we never saw the UK once. So we were like, mm. that's an interesting concept. That's a bit weird. No one knew what it was going to be about. Mm-hmm. No one knew. Like, like, how can you make a show mm-hmm. about Lego? Because we're all like, that's a bit odd. Like, But obviously once it you know, premiered. From that first episode, we were on the edge of our seats. We were yelling at the TV. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, in the days that followed after each episode was aired, I would go to school and I would have kids running up to me and we would just be going back and forth discussing the episode. And there was a lot of, even the other staff members were yelling out to me, did you see the episode? Yes, and this happened and this happened. And, oh, you know what happened with that? And I'd know a few of the little behind-the-scenes details. So I'd f- kind of fill them in on what what happened at what point and what they cut out and all this sort of stuff. But people were so excited about it. Yeah, look, and that's the thing to taking, I mean, it's a reality show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? that is. That's what you kind of forget sometimes, so, right? Like, so there's this whole component of there's a, a special secret source a big cauldron of boiling water that is reality television. <laughs> and and there are people that understand that and we're very fortunate with Lego Masters to have the best possible people that are working yeah. on that soup. And then that, then obviously we, you know, Hamish is able to do what he does. I'm able to do what I do. The contestants are able to do what they do. So that's, that's what's made it, we feel at least, to be what it's become. And mm-hmm. because like Lego Masters is effectively your baby, do you have favourite children in the Lego Masters? <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's, it's not my baby. That's, uh, <laughs> but what, what I will say, uh, I, I don't work for Lego, right? I'm yeah. my own, just like you guys, you're not a Lego store. Nope. You're no. your own individual business. Yep. Likewise, I'm the same. And we have to remember the Lego Masters isn't an ad for Lego. Yeah, that's the hardest part. But it right? is the best ad for Lego. That's correct. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So that, that's, that's right. the whole thing. So when I'm giving feedback or talking about Lego bricks or talking about what the contestants have made or what 
missed opportunities they have. Yeah. Whatever it happens to be, that's not that's not because Lego has dictated that that is right or that is wrong. It's about hey, that's just the way that I feel. Yeah. And that that to get back to your point is, people at home have different opinions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they should have won. I think mm. that's that's awesome. That is totally unreal, and that's okay because that's what Lego is. Six Lego bricks go together 915 million different yes. ways, right? So, and imagine do- what a imagine what three million bricks in the brick pit can go. Yeah. Generating so, discussion—that's yeah. exactly what you want with a TV show. You want people to connect and talk to each other, and no, I think this should have happened. This should have happened. This person should have won, and 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 all the rest of it. You do want that social interaction on the other end. Well, that's a, that's a key part of that reality soup. Yeah. yeah, that's a key part of that. That's really mm. important. I yeah. I find it very interesting that over the years, obviously. You've liked to collect Lego Masters over your time. Every season, you've seemed to hire a Lego Master throughout the season. And what's that been like as an experience taking them from a contestant to, like, one of your employees? Well, look, it's really interesting. Um, So from Series 1, Miller and uh, Geordie came on board. Uh, Miller was only with us for a short period of time. Good Poor guy didn't have a car, so I couldn't really... (laughs) Yeah, and like and it's hard when you're living distance and stuff like that. Yeah, so he was only with us for a very short period of time. But that, but Geordie sort of came on board more as just a need. We had so much work on, we needed to get yeah. stuff done. And so he was um, kind of, you know, before his uni, kind of in a bit of a gap year mm. and said, hey, it's so, so he came on board. Um, and then uh, nothing happened with Series 2. We didn't bring anyone on board. Um, obviously, it's very difficult. A lot of contestants are interstate. Yeah. So, mm. so it's very difficult for them to, to move. But for Series 3, um, so I got a call from Gus about a week after we finished filming. And unfortunately, obviously COVID, yeah. his his job had evaporated. And so the poor guy was out of work. And he rang me and just said, hey, look, hmm. no pressure. Have you have you got anything? And I actually, I kind of didn't. Yeah. But, I, but I'd seen what he was capable of doing and how he's doing. And he's an engineer by trade, a mm-hmm. you know, mechanical engineer. So I said, well, come on board and, and we'll kind of go for it. So Gus is now part of the team as well. It's amazing that you've managed to bring people in that, you know, like we're all trying to help each other during a time of what it is right now, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a new world. It's going to be like this for a long time. I find it amazing that he gave you a call and you're like, hey, let's give it a shot. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah, look, and it's funny. Uh, each one of the team, the Brickman team, that they're, they're, they're all unique. Mm-hmm. They all have their own skills. They all bring something to the table. And it's about it's really important that we capture that and we use that and utilize that in the right way. Yeah. And having a mechanical engineer, like mm. I personally, my one of my things that I've wanted to do over the years is to push the boundaries of what a Lego brick can do. Yeah. Mm. And so mechanical engineers are important in us doing that. And so the future projects and things like, you know, our Jurassic World show. Which is amazing. Some mm-hmm. of those dinosaurs defy what Lego bricks are capable of doing and never been done before. Mm-hmm. So we need to keep doing that we need if you know the next show and the next show and the next show whatever they happen to be will push the boundaries of all that stuff what was it like setting up jurassic world as a show like i feel like dealing with so many different companies to get it all in one spot to agree to build a show out of lego it's not easy no and it's funny there's a it's it's like film production you watch the credits and there's like Three thousand mm-hmm. people involved in film production, <laughs> yeah. right? yes. and it's a big thing. So it's the same sort of thing. There's a lot of people involved, whether it's their IP holders or the licensing company or the yeah. film studios. There's so many different people involved, and they've all been responsible for their various little parts of it. But there's probably five or six key people. the 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 thing that helped us the most with Jurassic was we did the DeLorean. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. amazing. The previous show, the one that actually smokes so yeah, up. Yes. And I'd actually worked with Universal on getting the rights for that and how we did wow. that. Wow. 
and also through Amblin, who yeah. also do Jurassic. And so we'd made contact with the right people at Amblin. And of course, once we'd done a smaller project, it wasn't that small, but once we'd done a smaller project with them, we'd formed that relationship and they knew that we were okay and we could, you know, that kind of opened the doors. Mm. And so then when it came down to say, okay, let's start something way cool, how about Jurassic as a, you know, the doors were open and we knew the right people to contact. It was yeah. so, mm. like, it's a massive show. It's a big deal. I am I love dinosaurs, as you would be aware. You love dinosaurs. I'm obsessed. Carol, like, yeah. look at the dinosaur. Look <laughs> at it. And then we got to the Jurassic Park gates and he's like, oh, my oh, God. If I could like, have those gates, yeah. if I could put them somewhere, oh, I would love to put them somewhere. We've no, been having all these conversations. They're only five metres high. Yeah. Up, yeah. Back up. Carolyn's like, we only have so much space. We do need to sell product, not display for Brickman. Of course, yeah. Like, Every big dinosaur. Uh, look at it. It's no, just amazing. You're not looking at it properly. Look at it. You have to appreciate it. Don't, don't do that. You say, oh, yes. Very good, Rick. No, no. Look at it. I appreciate it because from a a fall standpoint, yes. for what you've done with like the T Rex and the Jeep, like that blows oh. me away that you've managed to build like we've seen T Rexes built before by other LCPs like skeletons and stuff, but to build effectively half a dinosaur mm-hmm. that's attached to a wall without mm-hmm. it falling down is a big feat. Yeah, and they're the sorts of things that why you need the right people with the right skills to come in and and to help you do that. Mm. You know, if you're going to put a ton and a half of Lego, which is what that T Rex. Wow, is, that's amazing! Sticking out of a wall, five and a half meters in the air, on top of people. You need yeah. to, make, you, know, you need to make <laughs> it's sure. Above, right? Like, totally, yeah. you've got to make sure. You know, and there's a lot of safety and rules and regulations and compliance and like there's a million things like that. Wow. So it's really important that we that we have the right people to do that. It's pretty cool. Like I've always said to Caroline, like, can we get a T Rex? <laughs> and she's like, no, Ryan doesn't need any more. Like, like stop like, spending money with Ryan. We only have. <laughs> Certain amount of space. Little ones like this, perfect. They you can, can move be moved around. around. That's yeah. right. Once we get a baby Triceratops, it becomes a little bit more of a oh, challenge. Plus, we have so many other things. You know, we've got, we're fortunate enough over the time we've purchased a lot of items. You know, we've got like Christmas trees, hot dog man. I can see seagull yeah. in like the background. Seagulls over yeah. there. Like, there's been so many things we've purchased along the time, which we're fortunate enough we can do that. But I think a big part of it is that. With the way Lego Masters has grown and the way Brickman's grown, I'm grateful that like we still chat because I know it's hard and in the world that we're in, it's easy for people to try and take advantage of you know the friendship because you're famous now, Ryan. So it's oh, like I'm not Lego famous, famous, but that's okay. But you know what I mean. To me, like it's a big deal that like you still take the time because we've known each other for such a long time, and you know you've been around when I got really sick, and I'm fortunate enough that you reached out to me because. I'm very open that I went through a dark patch and it was very hard for me. And you were one of the people that were like, hey, are you okay? And not many people would reach out to me. And I was like, man, like you don't understand how much that I appreciate. It. I'm grateful. Mm. Oh, you're welcome. You, you know, you reach out for us. And, you know, Caroline and I always talk about the times that, you know, Brickman was in the small facility and now obviously you're doing so well. Which well, you that. As my crack dealer, uh, <laughs> my, logo, my plastic crack dealer. Yes, yes. Uh, I, yeah. No, I, and look, I think I think the thing is, and it, it's it's... It's a bit more than just us as mm. as people, but uh, you, when you share a common something with someone, like us AFOLs all do, we yeah. we love Lego, and mm-hmm. that's our that's our common bond. And you know, it's important that people look after each other, and and to do that through Lego or just as mm. good people, I think it's really important, and and you don't want to forget that. That's right, and you never want to forget where you've come from either and we're all aware of where we all came from we started in a very small shop or even before that we started even just doing shows just doing little shows with one table and that was i think our first show meeting you was the love boat show 
at yeah, Brick okay. Yeah, cool. It was. And you had it like signed. And I think you had it signed back then or was it going overseas? Yeah. But, you know, things have changed in that such a long period. But, you know, where you've come from and where the team is now, it's such a big deal. I think mm. no one understands how hard the journey has been for you as a Brickman, the Brickman team, to go from small scale to such big scale models working with Lego Masters, mm-hmm. putting on building massive displays like the recent season of Lego Masters, which was Bricksmiths, the Christmas tree is massive. Like it's not a tiny model. Yeah, and it's funny, isn't it? Uh, television distorts people's perspective of things yeah. in a few different ways. But, you know, it, you become an overnight success over the period of 14 years, right? Yeah. That's kind of... And it's the same with all these big models. Like, they take months and months, sometimes years to put together, and they get three minutes of airtime on television. Mm. And it's the same sort of thing. Like, you know, in your own business that the two of you have run for such a long period of time, you know how you started small. You didn't become... That's Rick right. James Bricks in a month. It's very Ever interesting. Since Lego Masters right. came on, you, you, you started That's early. Right. And it's exactly the same thing with me. So people can't say, well, if people say, oh, Brickman, you're so lucky, you think, gee, well, it took a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication to get to where you are you, now. You do, and, and it's a, it, there is an element of luck. I, uh, I'll i admit that, but that's an element. That's it's, right. It's not the be all and end all of it. It's a part, part yeah. of it. I think yeah. a big deal is when you work hard, you create your own luck, and you've worked hard, you've worked a long time, you've had a, like you've done the hard yards. We all have mm-hmm. growing our businesses, getting to where they are today, and we're thankful and you are as well, that we have great teams that surround us that be able to keep us going. Definitely. that's And that's a key thing. And I remember when I first started and I was doing, I would do bar mitzvahs, I'd do rich kids' birthdays, I'd do all of those kind of... <laughs> I, I, I did because that's what you had to do that's to earn right. a crust, right? Mm. And so you, that's where you start. And, and you've got to remember that. That's where you come from. So, I think that yeah. um, my most vivid memory, I think going visiting you, dropping off Lego or collecting something that I brought... I'm like, what are you building? And you had this rocket like in your little studio, which is not as big as this. No. You're like building yeah. it on the side. I'm like, how are you building a rocket on like you know, a normal person's brain's like, what's he doing? Like and then when I saw about twelve meters or something, it's quite high. It's a massive rocket. I was like And and we had you had dry ice coming out from the bottom of oh, yeah, it, one yeah. event. Yes. And I was like, How's he gonna build it on his site? Like Well well, here's the thing, and I can let you in a little scoop here, it's a little bit of secret. There's a lot of trial and error in that stuff, right? And I remember I, I can't I think it was a plane because I'm into planes. Yeah. And it wouldn't fit out the door. <laughs> like rookie mistake, right? So you, so you, learn, you, learn, you learn from those things. Imagine like, building yeah. it and then getting... Because I remember those yeah. like... And like rip the wing off, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, it'll fit. It'll yeah. fit. Anyway. So by all yeah, you know, that's, that's trial and error. It's, yeah, it's a rite of passage almost, yeah. isn't it? And with the, you know, the journey, it's not a journey, the success that you've had, mm-hmm. how have you found filming the newer seasons to Lego Masters with the world that it is now compared to like the first couple of seasons. Yeah, well, uh, you mentioned on something before and I was speaking to a, a fellow AFOL about this uh, earlier today. Um, I'm, uh, you said that about being famous. So I, I'm only famous in a context, mm. in a Lego context. Yeah. So if I walk down the street, nobody recognised, would have a clue who no. I am. Yeah. Right? So, but if I'm at a Lego event, absolutely, because it's in, yeah. it's in context. That's so right. there's there's many different levels of famous and so this is pretty low on the spectrum let's be honest it's pretty way down well, there on the spectrum Rick always calls himself a famous poor person don't you oh because it's different right when you you know like the brick man has a big social media presence lego's yes. grown we have a decent sized one when kids are like what's it like being famous i'm like what are you t-? like no i'm just an idiot dancing on tiktok like every other thing yeah. right like so so TikTok. so it's all relative to that yeah so, yeah. so has it opened any doors? Well, 
It has, yeah. definitely. It has opened doors in that it, all of a sudden people think Lego is more relevant to what they want to do. So it's opened doors in that perspective. Has it opened doors to, you know, do I get to hang around with Brad Pitt? No. That's not. I'm you know, sorry. You know. I know it's an aim of yours, but that's fine. <laughs> no, but that's you know. So, so it's all relative, I guess. As yes. so. when we talk about being famous, it's it's relative. Well, it's, it is it's kind of how that's I true. how I perceive it. Anyway, so to come back to your question of how has that changed? So um, obviously, COVID has probably the biggest impact of of you know everything that's happened to to everybody, and filming Lego Masters is very different now. It mm-hmm. takes longer to do things. There's obviously a lot more protocols we're all in bubbles there's a whole heap of things that have changed because of that and so it's it's technically more challenging and that's eaten up the advances that we would have made in getting better at it Mm. yeah so instead of just getting better at it and getting sharper and better and faster and all Mm. of those kind of things that you would do that is that that advantage has been eaten away by what's happened with the world that we live in now well Mm. and does that mean filming takes a lot longer than normal it's pretty much the same. Yeah. If anything, it's maybe a slight bit longer, but it's pretty much the same. But if it wasn't for that, we would certainly be faster and sharper and, and mm. things like that. Things like, you know, when I, series one, yeah. it might have taken three takes to do something. Nowadays, we'd probably do that in one take. Mm. But that time is taken up because all of a sudden we've got a distance, we've got to clean this, or we've got to do that. Yeah. Or, mm. You know, so, so you win, you lose. Well, you in lose, filming such a massive show, so much production team, you guys have been done really well. There's been no COVID scares. You guys have been 100% COVID safe. Like, we, we, well, we we have had. I mean, wow. the so the Christmas special, Whipper, yeah. of course, oh, yeah. was a yeah, was a unfortunate close, close contact. So we we've been pinged a couple of times. Yeah, and in the third series, we were filming in Melbourne, right in the height of lockdown. We actually delayed filming by wow. two to three months. It was oh. before we, we were meant to start. Yeah. And what that does is that because it's still got to air on a certain date, the, the editing team oh, the there they were super compressed. Wow. In, in terms of their editing, and so you know swings and roundabouts. Mm. There, whilst we say we weren't affected, we were, and and vice versa. And mm. how did you go filming Brixmas? I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed, you know, obviously Michael won with Brooke. Like, mm-hmm. it was a great, a, not a filler. See, I don't know what to describe it. It was great to have Lego Masters content before mm. Christmas. Like, I enjoyed it. How did you find the process of filming a Christmas special, which would have been obviously a lot earlier than Christmas? <laughs> yeah, it was September. Oh, wow. So, early September. So, I wasn't quite in the Christmas spirit yet. I wasn't, yeah. didn't have the Santa hat on at that stage, but... It, because we kind of planned for it a little bit, we were all sort of in that in that mood. I was really nervous about these celebrities that yes. came on board. Yeah, you know, are they are they going to be into it? Are they not going to be into it? Mm-hmm. Are they going to what's it going to be like? Because you know, you often see these shows yeah. where mm-hmm. it's like, wow, they're a waste of time. Yes. but we were so lucky in that all four were so into it, oh, and that that made the show so much more enjoyable. It made it go really quick, and it, it was like a normal episode. Yes, oh, good. And they all bought in, and that was the most important thing that yes. they all were so into it. Yeah. And even like Brooke, for example's sake, she hardly touched a Lego brick in her life, and she kind of discovered that she was an AFOL. Oh, so it was so, really you know, good. I was actually like, wow, Brooke and Bill, because you know. And celebrities is a loose term, you know, like yep. it's always thrown around for people mm-hmm. that are big on social media or whatever. But I was like, oh, when they announced who they were on there, I was like, Sophie Monk, really? Like, you know, you sort of like, my brain was like, what's they're happening? Yeah. But like, they all seem to get along. Unfortunately, Whipper had to leave, but you know, 
it didn't portray on camera that he was eager to actually build anyway. <laughs> it's, it's very funny. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah, I was blown away by Brooke's skills. Straight away, I was like, oh, well, and I've been fortunate enough, I've chatted to Michael about it. Mm. And he was like, yeah, it was really, really good to have somebody that could just zero in and just be like, yes. bang, 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 bang. Yeah. Well, because they're professionals, aren't they? They're told, they're given the brief. Yep, let, let's do this. Off we go. Yeah, and likewise. And Scotty Cam, for example, it's like he treated it like it was a job site. Yeah, it was on, mate. It's like, yeah. right, we're gonna get this done. We're gonna get yeah. this done. We're gonna get this done. <laughs> but you've worked with him before on the block. Like that would have been like seeing an old friend, effectively. And you know, he was no different. Mm. Wow, like, Scotty Cam is Scotty Cam. Mm-hmm. There's no, he's not an actor. He's Scotty Cam. And there's mm. no so, like, it was good. There's no drama. Like it's easy to add drama. Like, well, you know, Hamish and Whip are being literally best mates since high school because that's what they are. Mm-hmm. Those two were hilarious. The stick that was going on between those two was unreal. So there was a lot of laughing around what was going on and the Whipper was trying to do everything under his possible banner to not do any work. And, you know, the whole so there was, the whole thing of like, yeah, oh, Lego's here. And you're like, yeah, I don't so, know what you're doing. So <laughs> there, was no, there was nothing artificial. There was mm-hmm. nothing. And, and that's the thing about Lego Masters, whether it's celebrity or, or real, there's nothing artificial in any of it. It's, mm-hmm. We call it WYSIWYG. What you see is what you get. Because you could never script that sort of stuff. I don't think so. You no, know, you, and it's you, been yeah. like, it's easy to add drama on a reality show. And we've been fortunate enough with Lego Masters, you know, besides a select few that are unfortunately it happens, like, you know, not getting along with each other on the show. But I think we've been fortunate where there's been, everyone's kind of gotten along. Well, there's, I mean, this obvious human nature comes into mm-hmm. play where you, if you put 16 strangers together, of yeah. course there's going to be a couple of people that don't get along. But it's about at, at, at what level. And mm. so, you know, as a rule, 99.9% of everyone's played played nice and realised that, hang on a minute, this is only to do, you know, it's for a TV show, so let's mm. let's all get along as best we can. Mm. So we're very fortunate in that regard. We're, we're, we're very lucky. And you know what? Even when things haven't gone well, it's about how well you bounce back That's and how, right. and how well you can adapt and, and, and roll with the punches. Yeah. And certainly the people that perhaps I've bonded with the most post Lego Masters airing are people that have that resilience. Mm. And that's that's pretty important. So before we wrap things up for the end of the podcast, is there anything you can tell us about season four? Um, I can. I can let you in on a few things. Obviously, um, uh, it, it's it's the hardest. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's by far and away. The, and what, what do I mean by the hardest? The challenges that we set, there's some crazy things. Oh, I'm like, excited. Like some really bonkers things. And, mm-hmm. you know, as the trailers come out, you'll start to get to some glimpses of those. Um, they're by far. And, and even things like the time crunch that we put people under. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Things like wow. that. So, so the things that we're, you know what? Everyone who watches the show, and you guys are avid fans, mm-hmm. thank you, by the way, but as avid fans... I'm an avid fan you're, of you, Ryan. Well, your expectations... <laughs> Rick man. Rick yeah. man. <laughs> well, your expectations of those contestants have also gone up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Because you've seen the brilliant, what they're all capable of doing. And so your expectations are... And we're the same. Mm. And so to meet that expectations, we've really had to push the contestants harder and harder and harder. Wow, that's and amazing. So, so there's there's that element to it. And of course, Hamish is in full flight. Yes. And you know, like... <laughs> Release the Hamish. <laughs> it's like, yeah. But yeah, yeah, we appreciate you. I know you're a very busy man and I know it's hard. I've been bugging you for such a long Pinning time to get on. And I know... It's been a challenge. It's been a challenge, yeah. you know, with obviously... Everything's COVID. going on, yeah, you know. But we appreciate you spending time with us. I oh, appreciate I'm, it, you know. No we appreciate the friendship. I know I'm a difficult person sometimes and I can appreciate nah. that 
I'm annoying, so I appreciate <laughs> at, <laughs> I you, at, you, at you, at you, at you, at you about stuff. Hey, can you do this? Are you doing That's this? Okay, it? No. But yeah, thank you so much for joining us, Brickman. Um, we appreciate it. We'll put links down to his all shows. He'll release later where the Jurassic World show is going because we don't want to give anything away because in case things change with the Jurassic mm, World COVID, show, it's COVID right. and that yeah. stuff. So when I hear from the Brickman team, I'll put links and everything and yeah. share all this stuff. And you'll be able to buy the Brickman Challenge book on our website as That's well. That's right. Our yeah, website. well, actually, actually, I can. Do you want a scoop? Yes. Mm-hmm. I know you guys yes. have a scoop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So our new book, Brictionary, oh. is out in uh, at the end of March. <gasps> and so you can get it here at Rick James Bricks. Of course oh. you can. Yes. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a beauty. I'm excited. You've done really well. Sorry, I know we're about to wrap up, but I have to touch on this. I just a big thank you. You know, you went out of your way to sign like a lot of copies for us when we first launched the book. Sorry, I'm still my hands still a bit. No. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like that's one thing you didn't have to, and we appreciate that obviously. But the Brickman book, out of any Lego related books we stock, and we stock a few, obviously, has been the number one seller without fault. We get them in, bang, mm-hmm. they sell out. Like oh, it's just been you. it's been such Constant, a good thing yeah. to have. A product that I can say, yeah, I know him, but now we release it, and people can believe me that I know you. Yes. But like now, it's like you know, like it's just been a good thing, I think, for one the Brickman brand because to get yourself out there in so many bookshops, you know, retailers everywhere, it's been amazing, and mm. I'm really looking forward to stocking the next book because I know it's going to sell well. That's right. Yeah, it's 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 different. It's mm-hmm. a it's a pretty cool. It's the A to Z of cool Lego things. Oh, cool! Mm. And so tricks, techniques, builds, ideas, all that so kind of stuff. So much content. In I'm those pumped. Books. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. So it's a ripper. And then obviously Brickman will be releasing more merchandise later, t-shirts and all this sort of stuff. We'll link his website, buy his merch because you know, do it. He need, <laughs> he, he needs you to buy his merch. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rome. We appreciate you. it. Thanks, Everyone, guys. Thank you, Rick.